Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Dan and Joe Sports Show. As always, I'm Dan. And I'm Joe. Well, Joe, you know, we had one of the all-time great rivalries in sport happen over the weekend, and I usually watch it every year, but one of the programs in it has been so bad that I didn't even get any excitement about it. And, of course, I'm talking about the Duke-North Carolina rivalry, and there's so many things that made this an underwhelming rendition of this rivalry from the fact that Duke is having one of their worst seasons ever. Uh, North Carolina is a good team that's barely tournament eligible to the fact that you had the game in Cameron Indoor Stadium and because of COVID protocols, you didn't have that many people there and it's not the same kind of environment. And this all led to a win by North Carolina and ultimately uh, a little too much celebration. Uh, I named this episode North Carolina Parties Like It's 2019 because after the game, uh, two North Carolina players partied without a mask on. Shame on them. You know, it's something that you got to think that these kids are 19 or 20 years old. They just won a huge rivalry game, be it against a depleted Duke team. And there's video of them online partying without a mask on. And so first they get mask shamed. And then ultimately, they have the next game against Miami get canceled because of COVID protocols because they saw them partying without masks on. What a weird time we live in now, Joe. That's really weird, Dan. Uh, we saw that, you know, sometimes in the NFL this year. I know after the Saints uh, party in Tampa after their um, beat down to the Bucks back in November, I think they lost a draft pick for that, you know, partying without masks. Um, you know, Roger Goodell is always, you know, penalizing the Saints, it seems. But going back to college basketball, Duke and North Carolina, I'm completely with you. You know, when I watch different sports on TV, I feel like I've noticed the lack of a crowd presence the most in college basketball. I mean, obviously, I notice it in all the sports. I don't notice it as much in the NFL when I'm watching it on TV, um, only maybe like on third down, like I hear, don't hear the crowd volume. But when it comes to college basketball, it's kind of the worst one because the setup in the arenas is so different. You, know, you don't have the fans courtside. The, the benches are odd. Everything's just off. And aesthetically, it just kind of um, does not give off the same uh, exciting vibe, the same energy. It's kind of a depleted feeling, especially when you have Cameron Indoor Stadium with that type of hollow environment. And so... Despite that, you had a great game that went into overtime with Duke and North Carolina, but it just wasn't really watchable given all, given all those uh, you know, setbacks. But it's really a weird season that we're having for many reasons, but especially with how the Blue Bloods are struggling. Kansas is not even in the top 25. Duke and North Carolina are having down seasons. Kentucky, I think we'll talk about in a moment, is having a horrendous season under John Calipari. And it surprised me, surprises me the most with Duke because this Duke roster has a lot of talent. Um, I think one of their top prospects, Jalen Johnson, is considered maybe a top five, top ten draft pick. And yet they're still, you know, sitting there with, a, I think, a losing record at this point. I mean, this is just unheard of under Coach K. What was interesting, Joe, is if you look at other sports, I mean, you know, football, who are the ones that brought home the trophy? It was Nick Saban, the one that's done it for a long time. 
that had his guys built up, and he's the one who won it. And with all the talent and then with all of his organization and process, and the NFL is Tom Brady, someone who had done it for so long. So really it's almost counterintuitive that these programs that have coaches that have been there for 30-plus years and have their programs thoroughly ingrained are the ones that aren't doing good, except when you think about the fact that Duke and Kentucky are now to programs that rely almost entirely on freshmen. That's the way they do it now is they bring in this new crop of freshmen every year. And now in basketball, the one-and-done model is really going to be devastating to teams in this year, the COVID year. No, that's a very compelling point, Dan. I think you hit it spot on. You know, you had a truncated offseason, didn't have much practice. The season doesn't run as long. There's so many reasons without the COVID stoppages that make it difficult on a team that's trying to build on-court chemistry. And that's probably why you see two of the teams that were so, so good last year that returned a lot of starters like Baylor and Gonzaga are one and two and undefeated and just rolling this year. And I love the fact, you know, that our Gonzaga Bulldogs may have a prime opportunity to win the whole thing this year. I mean, they really have that good of a team. That's my team, and I'd like to see it finally happen. I mean, Mark Few at this point, uh, I think that it's an argument between him and Bob Huggins as to who is the best current college coach without a championship. Obviously, Huggins has done it for a little longer than Few has, but Few's been more consistent at the same place with being at Gonzaga now for 20-plus years. And, I mean, he's done everything but winning. He's gone to Final Fours, he's gone to championships. Uh, that championship game against North Carolina, even though I'm a North Carolina fan, I feel like the refs kind of stole that one from Gonzaga. That was kind of a, probably one of the worst uh, examples I've ever seen of blue blood flavoritism in a game. And so this year, I think that, you know, they're not going to have to worry about that. They've been the clear number one team since the get-go, and I feel like they'll probably get a fair shake from the refs, even if they go against a – I mean, it's not going to be Duke or North Carolina this year. I mean, I don't even know who the, who the Blue Blood would be that they could take on, say like a Villanova or something. I mean, there's not really that kind of team that you usually see. And, uh, Joe, on that subject, I'm going to go ahead and, and give my bet of the week on college basketball. First one that we've had of the year – Talking about one of those Blue Bloods, Kansas. They're, they're not a top 25 team right now. Uh, they've got a huge line against Iowa State. They're favored by 15 points. Um, Iowa State's been a pretty good program for, for a while now. I don't see Kansas uh, covering that spread. I think that Iowa State will hang within 15. I still like Kansas to win, but I definitely think Iowa State hangs within the 15 points on that one. Okay. I mean, I can see that. You know, Iowa State is having a down season, but the Big 12 seems like they're down with the exception of Baylor, so it would, it would not surprise me. It really kind of feels like everybody's down. Like, that's kind of the weird thing about this. It kind of feels like outside of about five or six teams, Gonzaga, Baylor, Villanova, it's like everybody else is kind of having a, a disappointing season. Um, speaking of disappointing seasons, with my line of the week, Washington is horrendous this year. I think they've only won three games, and they're like three and 14. And they're taking on USC tomorrow night. Uh, USC is favored by 12 and a half. I would take USC to cover that. I think they're going to win by a larger margin. Uh, USC has one of the top draft prospects in the 2021 NBA draft, Evan Mobley. He's like a seven-footer. He can do everything, huge wingspan. And he plays alongside his uh, 
brother is also on the team. So it kind of reminds me of when Blake Griffin played with his brother, Taylor Griffin, at, uh, um, at Oklahoma. And also you had, of course, the, uh, the Lopez brothers at Stanford, kind of that, you know, um, twin towers, one, two big man punch. And so I think that the Mobley brothers will absolutely dismantle uh, Washington tomorrow night. Yeah, it's weird, Joe, because it wasn't that long ago that Washington made a Final Four and was a pretty consistent program. They had that really good coach there for a little bit. I don't think it's there anymore. But they really have definitely fallen off the face of the earth when it comes to basketball. The last real good thing they did is they had uh, the number one draft pick, Markel Fultz, um, about four years ago. But they had a bad team even when he was there. I think they won eight games and had the number one draft pick, pick in the NBA. I've never heard anything like that. It's, it's kind of like Missouri with Michael Porter Jr. where he played in, like, what, one game the entire season and then ended up being the number one overall draft pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, very disappointing. Well, speaking of the SEC, Joe, Kentucky, uh, we talked about Duke. Uh, Duke is, uh, you know, 5-13. and 13, Or, no, they, they were 8-10, and 10, 10th in the, the league in the ACC. They lost to Notre Dame for this only the second time in their entire program history. And you'd think that normally that would make Duke the worst of the Blue Bloods this year. But hang on one second. Kentucky's actually way worse than that. I, I've never seen this happen with Kentucky. Uh, Calipari's uh, froshes right now are 5-13, and 5-13, 11th in the SEC. And they're taking on an Auburn team on Saturday that is now 11 and 10 can't make the NCAA tournament. And even with that, and with Auburn being a younger team, even than Kentucky with, I think every single one of their uh, starters being either a freshman or a sophomore, I still like Auburn in the game. And, and it's crazy because um, Auburn this year is definitely underperformed, but they've had that, that freshman issue. And I think that Bruce Pearl actually made a very calculated decision to go ahead and take that NCAA tournament ban this year when he knew he had a team that wasn't going to be able to go that far and build for next season. And maybe he can even get to keep uh, Sharif Cooper, who is an unbelievable freshman who could be a lottery pick. Yeah, absolutely. And you contrast that with what's going on with Kentucky. You talk about building for next season. It's been an issue, Dan, the last few years with them starting from scratch, from scratch seemingly every season. Because it seems like they're just kind of a shell of themselves each year, and they kind of have to build it back. And it kind of feels like it's not working the last four or five years. Like it worked fine at first when you had you know DeMarcus Cousins and John Wall, you had Anthony Davis, Michael Kidd-Gilchrist, and even you had you know um, Julius Randle, and of course the great team in 2015 that almost went undefeated and lost to Wisconsin in the Final Four, led by uh, Carl Anthony Towns. But ever since then, it's like Kentucky's kind of been missing something. And especially this year, when you look at their talent on the roster, there's just not that, you know, as Dick Vitale would say, that diaper dandy that stands out. Like, nobody's just that noteworthy on this team. I think that most college basketball fans would have – a hard time of naming more than a couple of players on this Kentucky roster. Whereas, you know, I just went through guys that played there as freshmen 10 years ago, you know, there were household names. There is not a household name on this Kentucky roster. And I think that speaks volumes for the record that they're staring at. I think the only player I could tell you who's on the team 
is Obi Toppin, the National Player of the Year last year at um, Dayton. His little brother is on this team. That, that's the only player I know. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a different universe. Uh, the only thing I would disagree with you on is I, I feel like last year that Kentucky team was really peaking at the end of the season, and I felt like the, that, that tournament getting canceled last year, I think that could have been a team that would have gone pretty deep. I mean, they were playing some great basketball at the end of the year. But, you know, definitely this year you can't, you can't argue with what they're doing, and it's just treacherous. Yeah, I can't even remember a player on the team last year hardly. Like I remember they had um, a senior that like transferred in. I, I really like I don't know if it's just the fact that we didn't have the NCAA tournament, but it's hard pressed for me to even like name a player on that roster. Yeah, I mean there it's just, I'm kind of having trouble with it too. I feel like there was someone like Swift or something like that. They had like a fast player that was they had a name that was like that. But you're right, I can't really think of it either. They weren't the most star powered team last year, and actually it was a very veteran team for a Calipari yeah. last year, and that's kind of the way they were winning games. Uh, but yeah, I mean, star power wise, they were kind of depleted even last season. Mm-hmm. But why do you think it is that like over the last four or five years, it's harder to remember the, the names of those? freshmen that come to Kentucky, like, do you think it's just, you know, he has so many new classes every year where we're just kind of like our, our memory's just going out, like just harder to keep up with people. Or you just think that maybe the, the talent that he's bringing in is just not as good as it used to be. Well, I'll be honest, Joe, what I think it is, is that the talent's spreading out so much. I feel like Calipari kind of was ahead of the game with what he was doing, going out and getting the top McDonald's all American guys, like selling them on a bill of goods you come here, you all play for me. I'll make you all All-Americans. You all get out in one year, and you'll make a bunch of money. And then all of a sudden, all the other big blue bloods started going after those players too. You know, Mike Krzyzewski didn't do it for a long time, but then he got into that game. He does it just as much as Calipari does. North Carolina got into it. So all of these programs started going from the same well, and I kind of think that Kentucky was almost exclusively the one doing it. And now there's so many different teams getting it. And with Kentucky not having as much success on the floor, I think they're just losing out on the recruiting at at that level. No, I think that's a good point, Dan. And if you think about it, when I've looked at recruiting rankings the last few years, Kentucky will sign like a top 10 player, but a lot of times they're not, they're not getting like a top five player anymore. Like they're still getting a five star, but it might be like the seventh or eighth ranked player in the class. And you see, like, the Duke and Carolina getting, like, the number one or number two player. Or even USC this year got Evan Mobley, who was, like, the number two recruit last year. So, yeah, definitely everything's more spread out. And then you also have the fact that, you know, when Calipari was at Memphis, if you sign, you know, one of these five-star guys at Memphis and play in Conference USA, you're just going to dominate in the regular season. You know, nobody's going to beat you. And so now, you know, everything's kind of spread out. There's more parity in the SEC. I think he's just finding it it's harder to navigate through these schedules. But, you know, even all that being said, 5-13, and 13 is, I, I just still can't believe that. Yeah. Uh, that's a good point, too, Joe. I mean, the SEC has gotten a lot better. I mean, for the, the ma- vast majority of the beginning of Calipari's career at Kentucky, really it was, it was Florida and sometimes Tennessee. And outside of that, I mean, who else was a really great uh, – SEC program. There wasn't really anything. And then you look at the last five years, Auburn's become good. Uh, Alabama's good this year. Uh, Missouri's gotten in the league, started doing a little better. Uh, 
you know, and A&M's done a decent job. I mean, there's more there's more parity. Mississippi State's done pretty great, and Tennessee has gotten really good, and I think that one affects a lot of Kentucky as well. And so they didn't deal with that for a long time with yeah. Calipari's uh, early career. Yeah, and even South Carolina made it to a Final Four four years ago. So it's like everybody's having a little more success. Yeah, and so, you know, definitely this is a season where – if you got freshmen on your team, you're not going to do good. Kentucky's a great example. Auburn is a is a very high level example with them being the youngest team in America by age, and it shows with their results. They can go out, they can beat Missouri, who's a top fifteen team, and they can also go out and lose to Georgia, which is one of the bottom rung teams in the SEC. And so I think you're seeing that a lot now, even with teams like Duke and Kentucky. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, with that being said, we'll talk a little bit more college basketball in the coming weeks. We're going to probably be – it's going to be a weekly thing now with everything that's that's going on. And we'll get a little bit more closer to what we hope is going to be an NCAA basketball tournament that we can enjoy this year. And uh, with that being said, we're going to switch over to our locker room talk, which is going to be a really exciting uh, look at the history of streakers. Happened in the Super Bowl, and now we're going to talk about it. Uh, thank you for everyone for listening. As always, I'm Dan. I'm Jeff.